Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rivet. This is Afi. Um, I'm not sure what episode this is already. I think it's probably episode four. I can't really remember. Anyway, today we are going to discuss about a lot of fun things, I hope. <laughs> um, today we are going to talk about our planet Earth. Is the Earth really alive? So, there has been a lot of climate-related problems that are not foreign to us anymore. We all know that there is such thing as climate change, and and every day we are we are exposed to the risk of losing our planet's biodiversity and potentially lose our ecosystem services. So. Before our planet has entered the Anthropocene, um, our planet was um, before Anthropocene. It was the Holocene, and it was after the Industrial Revolution, where the carbon emissions have has increased at a very exponential rate, and it has continued up until this very day, and. It's because we have become so reliant on fossil fuels and um, mining, fracking. Um, we need these resources to sustain, to build new lives. And um, although it is important, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to neglect that um, all of this has a great impact on our planet. And it's best that we come up with solutions to reduce or reuse the things that um, we have. Or, um, I mean, we need to be smart with our um, shopping choices um, and also to always be informed and to spread, to, spread the, to spread the information around. Because most of the people who are aware of this, they mostly seek for they mostly seek for the like they mostly seek for the information but the rest of the people who don't know much about climate related issues um they have to know so um that is why we must acknowledge the problem and we need to spread the word around so today we are going to talk about the earth is it really alive so um i guess the i I am just guessing that the general um, term of um, something being alive is that uh, they have to be able to to be able to reproduce and um, transfer energy. Um, so pretty much everything in our planet is alive if they can reproduce and they are able to to transform energy. So. Um, people are not still sure about viruses, if they are considered alive or not. And um, there are a lot of, not, not a lot, um, there is one, not, the phone just rang, okay. There is there's this one hypothesis or um, theory that um, actually paints a picture that the Earth is like a living entity. And that is the Gaia hypothesis. 
So the Gaia hypothesis is um, conceived by one of our um, greatest creative thinkers, um, which is James Lovelock. So um, James Lovelock is a renowned chemist, re renowned chemist. Um, I think he actually invented gas chromatography. Yeah. And um, he thought of Gaia when, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think the story goes this way. Um, he thought of Gaia when um, he saw this, um, he... I think it was something like NASA um, brought him to this this one study or probably like a mission about Mars. And he was just thinking that how can life exist in such a remote place? And um, that is when he's starting to think like how does the planet, um, how, not how does, um, how is the planet capable of sustaining itself um, how is it cap how is it capable of sustaining every other life that exists here and that is when he thought of the Gaia hypothesis so um, in simple words the Gaia hypothesis or the Gaia principle it proposes that all organisms on um, on our planet is somehow interconnected um, to form like a self-regulating complex system and this system functions to regulate and to maintain all the conditions of life in the planet so it basically suggests that the earth is like this super mega organism that um, functions to power everything else um, that is alive in itself <laughs> so um, so normally we would think that okay the earth is just is it is it is basically a rock right i mean um uh, it's a rock and it um composes of a of a few gases um um that is essential to um help living things thrive but in james lovelock's perspective he thinks that um there is more than that um there is more than just rocks and gases that makes up or somehow powers the planet to sustain everything that is alive in it so um this is so i'm i'm basically citing harvard edu um it's the gaia hypothesis gaia hypothesis hypothesis wikipedia so you can find this online you just type gaia hypothesis and um you can find it so it says here that the Gaia hypothesis focuses on observing how the biosphere and the evolution of life forms contribute to the stability of global temperature um, this um, same goes to our oxygen um, the the what else the salinity and also the temperatures of the oceans the atmosphere and other factors that is essential um to uh, to create like a preferred balance in the terms of habitability of life so um the so the gaia hypothesis is um conceived or also formulated by james lovelock and it was co-developed by lynn margulis uh, which is 
um, a microbiologist. So um, she was she was notable for the for the endosymbiont um, for the endosymbiont theory. So um, when they first came out with the theory, um, everybody was just like, you know what, it's bullcrap. Um, there is no such thing. But um, it is not entirely factual. I mean, factually, you would think, yes, the Earth is just rocks and gases. But um, there are many perspectives to look at this um, whole idea. So it's, it's, it's nice if we keep an open mind and um, try, to, try to take it at um, at at many different perspectives instead of just focusing on one because um, that is what makes it so much interesting. So um, what else? Okay, so to further understand what the Gaia, the Gaia theory says, it, it, it suggests that the Earth is a self-regulating complex which involves the biosphere, the atmosphere, the hydrosphere and also the pedosphere, which works together as an as as like this super mega evolving system. So this theory sustains that this system as a whole is called Gaia, and it seeks a physical and chemical environment optimal for contemporary contemporary life. So the word Gaia is actually Greek. So the background of the name Gaia. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, it was William Golding that suggested the word Gaia. So he is an author for, what's that book called again? The Lord of the Flies. Yeah. So he actually suggested the name Gaia because in Greek, Gaia means goddess of earth. So um, it basically frames like a perspective that the earth is like this nurturing mother um that cares for that cares for all of us <laughs> okay so there is so much there is so much into detail um that helps us understand how gaia functions as uh, gaia functions as a self uh what <laughs> Ah, yeah, that, that Gaia functions as a self-regulatory system, regulating system. But I'm not going to get into that because um, it, it can be a little complicated to um, explain. So, um, hold on. Let me just think. Okay, so um, there are a few books that um that um Lovelock has that that he has written on Gaia. So the first is Gaia. Um, I think it was a new look at life or something. And then the second was um I'm not sure, but I've only read two, uh, which is the first book that I just mentioned, and also another book. It's called In the Vanishing Face of Gaia. So the first book um, is very interesting. It actually introduces us to what Gaia is all about. And um, reading it, it sort of puts me into a place where I feel that, like, okay, yes, the Earth may not be factually, like, I mean, it's not, it, I mean, huh, how do I say this? How do I say this? 
theoretically it's not alive but if you try to think of it in a different way like maybe in a literal way is that the right word hold on let me just look it up there's a word for it but i can't i can't remember what it was hold on literal yeah so literally it doesn't mean that it is alive but if you look at it in a different way you might understand the beauty of the whole thing like it is really beautiful to actually understand and read it in lovelock's in his new and sort of interesting perspective so um in the second book it's called in the vanishing face of gaia so um basically the book discusses about the bad things like the the what is happening to gaia at the um during the during the anthropocene so um even though that um that she is fragile um she is still able to sustain herself and she is still able to maintain a good balance to you know to keep everything in check and it is really a good book i think everybody should read it and the final book that i've read um i think i mentioned i read two books of his but i read three so the final book it's called novacine so in james so in in so in love locks world um he think that the final end or the future of gaia it, uh, it lies in it lies in artificial intelligence so a lot of people think it's stupid and funny but um i don't know i don't have any opinion on it but i do have a lot of opinions on the book i think it's a really good book it is wonderfully written i like that he used the word cosmos and i just loved how he actually introduced the idea of you know like gaia being so important and um it it just feels that like when you read the whole series you would feel that you would feel more you would feel more how do i say this you would feel more connected and in some way you would feel more responsible for your planet because like i said um we all live in this world together and we all have roles um we all we all have the we all have the responsibility to take care of it and um and um i sometimes i i mean like i understand that that um there is not much that we can do um um this is mainly because that um if you want to make a you <laughs> yeah i can't talk right now um that is because if you want to make a significant change you need to have like a like a like you like you need to be you need to be politically empowered or like you need to do it if you i mean you can do it if you have a place in the government or like something but that doesn't necessarily mean that you just don't have that you just that you don't have to do anything like you can do a lot of things you can spread the word i think i think um that word or like you know like sharing like sharing info is the most powerful tool that that we all can do right now 
um, I still feel that I still feel that a lot of people are not aware of the severity of climate change. Like most people don't know that it is not just the animals that that will go extinct, but they will too if they don't, you know, take 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 further action. Because I feel that people just think that um, you know what, the Earth is so vast and it's so huge. Like um, nothing will ever run out. Like things will always stay the same. But it's it's wrong you know because we are growing in numbers every day and when when there is so much of us we need more resources more land more space to fit and also tend to ourselves and that takes up a lot from from our planet so yeah like it's not just something where like people just you know, like, it's serious, like, it's not just something that, that should, you know, like, how do I say the, like, before this, um, I feel that some people may think that um, problems or, like, issues related to the environment is something that should only be cared about for some people, like, only some group of people should care about the environment and the rest of us should just focus on the reality of life which is making money and trying to survive in this crazy world but um it is of everyone's doing like we are here we are putting more carbon footprint and yeah we are we are all in this together so yeah i suggest everybody to read it to read these books by James Lovelock. It's really fun to explore science books. Um, um, although you may not generally agree to it being scientific enough, there is like a sentiment to it. So yeah, I feel that the books are great and I'm a huge fan. <laughs> um, I think that's all for today. I, I don't have much to talk about. Um, unless you want me to explain what I mean <laughs> unless you want me to further explain about the Gaia the Gaia hypothesis but um, I think I won't do that right now because I'm kind of hungry I kind of want to eat so yeah um, what else besides James Lovelock's book uh, books I also read um I've also read the Malay Archipelago a long time ago. I think it's a really good book. I, I love it so much. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's about it now for today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everybody has a good time, is having a good time. Take care, stay inside, and spread love for our planet and our environment. All right, bye-bye.